Welcome everybody. This is the Mystery Book Discussion Group and it is April 26th and my name is Ann Parsons and I'm your facilitator and we are discussing Mallory's Oracle by Carol O'Connell and as I usually do when I when we get together like this I want to know did you like the book yes or no and why or why not so I will let everybody speak actually if you were referring to moi uh, this guy is from Mississippi uh, I had a uh, uh, migration to Tennessee for like 30 years but uh, I was born and raised in Mississippi and I'm back here now so I like the book I thought it was good uh, uh, I mean I'm sure I could quibble about certain things about it which I can't really say right now but I, I liked it I thought I thought the story was good uh, the uh, you know it kept it it had enough digression to, to keep you diverted and uh, I wasn't able to figure out who the bad guy was and it had like I said it had enough uh, 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 ins and outs and with the story to, to, to keep me guessing and uh, yeah so th that's my two cents and it's probably worth less much less than that and here's my half cent <laughs> I, I, I read the book when it first came out in 1994 for a mystery group and the people there were saying it was so dark and so you know they didn't like it at all and I thought I don't really remember this so I read it again and was thoroughly entertained I didn't like any of the people um, I, I find it hard to believe that that uh, they would allow a thief to be um, a, 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 on the police force and she was anything but civilized um, she would have been off the force in no time at all but she was a, a one-person vigilante and 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 she um, satisfied my sense of the uh, violent it was good yeah I liked it too um, uh, some of it, the parts of where they mentioned that um, the uh, was it Moskowitz I can't remember his name but he collected he loved old time radio and the shadow was his favorite and uh, of course that struck a chord with me because I'm such an old time radio junkie um, and I really didn't like other people I mean he was dead already by the time we um, we met him but um he did give, he kept giving her good advice and she kept thinking about it even though she didn't always go with what he said. But I did like the book. I thought it was, uh, as Mickey said, it, it was entertaining. Um, and a few things I particularly liked. Um, I thought the seance stuff was a little, yeah. But on the whole, I liked it. Yeah, I like dark books anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, she was, uh, I guess you could say, a, a kind of a maverick 
Um, what saved her, of course, was her um, computer skills and her even uh, at that time. Um, and when the book was written in uh, twenty over twenty years ago, so um, um, that's something interesting. But uh, uh, she was a, a curious mixture. Uh, but um, and I like the fact that she was uh, very bright. Uh, she really, really had a head on her shoulders. Enjoyed stealing, but ah uh, well. Well, I didn't particularly enjoy the book. I did sort of like uh, Mallory, although I think most of these books make hacking into computers look far too easy. Um, other than that, I didn't particularly like anything. Is this book part of a series, or I might like to see what happens if there were another book, but I don't know that I'd read anything else unless it, I could connect to some of the characters, because I have to do that, or I won't read the book, or won't finish a book. Um, Marshall, I think it is the first in a series. I believe I have read at least one and maybe two more books uh, with her in them. And, but I don't remember them nearly as well as I remember this one. I had read this book, too, and had, didn't really realize it until I started actually reading it. This description of it didn't really do a very good job of describing the book as a whole. Um, I liked, obviously, I liked it fairly well, or I wouldn't have... Um, I wouldn't have read the other books in the series, but um, it is kind of dark, and I thought that was kind of okay. I thought she was interestingly complex because of all of the oddities about her. Um, it, there were some unrealistic parts to the book, I thought. I mean, it seemed really, I'm not even sure what the right word would be. I thought it was kind of... Um, peculiar that there were so many wealthy people in the book including her and her um, and her adopted father and then she just happened to have this friend who is very wealthy obviously the guy that owns the apartment building and you know just that kind of thing seemed a little bit odd but other than that I thought it was pretty interesting pretty well done and I've not quite finished reading it the second time I'm and it's interesting, I know there's a very dramatic scene at the end with um, Charles, I believe, being tied up and a bunch of weird stuff going on, but I don't remember the exact facts of what happened. So clearly, it uh, it was more, I mean, it's an enjoyable book, but it's not something that really stuck in my mind. Here again, uh, you know, we all have different tastes, and I just don't like dark books like that. I don't like books that I consider overly graphic and I really do have to like someone in the book. I have to like the main character and um, she was not likable to me. I won't be reading any more of her books. Well, I have to say that I read the book and while I was reading the book I was sort of interested or I wouldn't have finished it in the same way. I have to 
I have to like the character before I can read the book. I have to be interested. Um, so, but I just found it um, unmemorable <laughs> because I read it back at the beginning of the month, you know, around Easter time. I don't know. And I read it, and I liked it at the time, and then I came up to this weekend, and I'm thinking, now what the heck happened? I don't remember the specifics. I remember her, and I, you know, but I don't remember any of the specifics of the book. I mean, it was totally unmemorable. And um, I've read a couple of other things, in the meantime, that I thought were much more memorable and that will stick with me for a long time. Um, I happen to have uh, have read the latest in the the um, J.A. Jance. Um, what's her name? Oh, oh God, the sheriff in Arizona. Um, oh Lord. My mind's a sieve. Anyway, uh, Joanna Brady. Um, I read the la the latest in that series and was really impressed with that. So I don't remember a whole lot about this book. So um, I'll let you guys discuss it because um, I thought, as I say, I remembered her and I kind of liked her. I mean, I, I did, uh, I understood why she was a maverick. I understood all that. And yet, at the same time, she was, she was um, uh, a good character. I mean, a, a good in the sense of, of morally good. Um, I think if I was going to describe her uh, in terms of... Um, you know her her moral sense. I think I would call her chaotically good. <laughs> um, I don't know if that'll mean anything to anybody except me, but I think she was a chaotic good character, and I I kind of I kind of did like her. So that's my opinion. Yeah, uh, I guess a couple of uh, if I'm going to quibble about some stuff. I mean, I'm a forensic scientist, but. I'm not sure with lividity and the way it works that you're actually able to kill somebody as this killer did in another location and then move them and then arrange the body exactly like they had fallen in the original scene and the police not be able to know that the body's been moved like they were unable to know in this book. Which, I mean, I realize, I mean, forensic science has probably come a little ways in, in the last 21 years, at, at least the way it's portrayed in novels that I read and the way it's portrayed, I guess, in all the CSI shows. But uh, I, I do have to quibble a little bit about that because I'm, I'm not sure that's, that's actually doable. I know the book says that the killer arranged the body the same. Uh, in the same way, but uh, that seems a little unreal. And I also thought, I mean, I, I did like, I did like, Kathy Mallory, I, I did like her character, although I thought, I mean, I realized she was a, a street urchin to start with, but 
I'm not I'm not sure she would have been as uh, as capable as her character seemed to be at the, at the at the ripe old age of 25 as the story made her out to be. I agree, Alan. I think that she was kind of um, she. Let's put it this way: she had to have been really, 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 really smart, and apparently she was. But um, it's a little weird as far as the lividity goes. I guess it would probably. Wouldn't it maybe depend on how long they had laid in that position before they picked him up? They picked the person up and then put him back down. I, that's the only thing I can think of. But I don't know. And I actually, it's interesting. I haven't gotten to the point where I see that that's actually part of the whole thing. And I know I'm just probably like an hour, hour and a half from being done. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can't remember how the lividity actually works. I know the blood settles in the body and stuff, but, but I would think if if you then move the body, that's going to have some kind of effect on something or other, I would think. And, and the police should know uh, that uh, that the, they were killed in a different location than, than what they thought. I mean, they were they kept dancing around saying, well, how, how do they how do they kill this person in broad daylight nobody see well it's because they killed him in another location you idiot yeah you're supposed to be able to figure that out but uh, uh yeah my problem would be with moving the body i find it hard to believe you could move carry somebody into a park um and nobody would notice it Good point. Yeah, they, yeah, they were supposedly able to zero in at exactly what time the person was killed, and uh, that would have been in broad daylight. But yet, yet they weren't able to to, to figure out that they had been killed in another location. And uh, the, but yeah, uh, yeah, that I guess that's what authors do. I mean, they take a little liberties with actual science in order to make a story. So there you go. But uh, uh, I mean, I, I would have thought. I mean, they made Markowitz sound like he was so so brilliant. And at the end of the day, I, uh, the guy that turned out to be the actual killer didn't strike me as being so bright. So uh, I, I, uh, some of that didn't really work out in my mind. But hey, that's that's the way it was written. Well, I think that because the book was written in '94, um, I think that she could take a lot of license with forensics because they've come such a long way she could probably take a lot of license and get away with it because people wouldn't at that time people I don't think were as involved in knowing as much about forensics as they are today that makes some sense and also um, it also is true Marshall you were mentioning how you thought that the hacking was a little looked awfully easy and at that time it may have actually been that easy although how she did that with the with being able to tap into what was going on was a little odd, I thought, because there was no Wi-Fi then, was there? I don't remember how old Wi-Fi is. I'm just too used to using it. I don't think Wi-Fi is all that that old. I don't either, Johnny, but I don't. I wouldn't swear to that by any means. Although, you know, um, I do remember that there were things like... Um, a long, long time ago, even, where, like, um, internationally, people would, like, drive up and be, um, 
like parked outside important government installations and were able in some way to listen to the electronic chatter from the computers and be able to get stuff out of it. Now, what that was and what they were getting, I don't know and I don't remember, but but that's like a whole different level of sophistication from what somebody who just is doing stuff like what she was would be doing. What she may have been doing was using like one of the old style radio telephones and tapping in to the phone system and using that. That might be doable even without Wi-Fi. Um, as far as listening to computers, there have been a number of ways. There was at one point in time, I remember one somebody had developed a way of listening and tell, identifying which keys were pressed on a keyboard. But that's about all I remember. Hacking didn't get to be a big thing until we had the internet. She kind of reminded me of, of the girl with the dragon ta tattoo. Yeah, I can't talk. Um, because that girl was always hacking into everything, and she found all kinds of information. Um, Mallory kind of reminded me in a, in a little way of her. Yeah, I think she was probably doing, uh, this was probably back during the day of, of dial-up and stuff, in 90, 94, I think, is when this was published. And uh, the Internet really didn't take off. I don't know when it got started, but it really didn't take off until, you know, the mid-90s and later, I don't think. So, uh, uh, who knows, but she was able to do whatever she needed to do to get in. Apparently, there, there was no stopping her, but, uh, yeah, that was that was a little bit unbelievable as well, but, you know, it always is like, was it Marshall, whoever said, they always make these, they always make these inter internet people like Elizabeth Salander and the girl with the dragon, too, they make them, like, unstoppable and stuff. I don't, I don't think it's, I mean... There are certainly some people that have some ability to, to to hack and crack and stuff, but I mean, it's not nearly as easy as they make it sound in these books. Well, that's true, but the the internet was uh, around uh, for quite a few years before 1994. I mean, it all started with DARPAnet, which was the connection between the governmental computers and the military computers. And then um, it went on to be connections between universities and government agencies and big business and all that. And that's how the the internet was started. You know, back in I don't know, 1991, 1992, somewhere in there. And then, but it wasn't until at least 95, 96 uh, till the public really got into the internet. I mean, I can remember getting a an account on the mainframe at RIT in order to help a professor uh, who was uh, working there at the time. And um, I remember getting this account and I had to log in through a shell and all this, you know, stuff. Um, but the point of all this is that this was brand new then. And even though the connections between universities was fairly 
established by 1994, it wasn't until a couple of years later that the um, that the internet really took off for the general public, and that was because of the the invention of the PC and all that. So it was it was a kind of a crazy time, but yeah, and um, I don't know anything about hacking. I do know it's not as easy as it looks. Although there are some people who have the right mindset for it, and I don't. So that's all I know, folks. From what I've seen from on this from the security list I'm on, most of the break-ins you hear about now are because the people that actually have the data aren't following proper procedures. Um, and then there are the and I don't know much about it either. I've never explored it because, frankly, I suspect that if you start looking for stuff like that, somebody will find out and want to know why you're looking. Um, uh, but you actually have to be as part of a hacker community now to get into things because they actually interchange information. And in fact, I guess you can go buy commercial software that will allow you to hack into people's machines. Um, I was I, I know when I was back back in the days when we still used mainframes, I was curious to see if I could find military computers and I, I found a few but I was never able to hack in or never tried to hack into them. Yeah, I don't think I would want to do that either, Marshall. I think you could find yourself with a a visit from somebody you didn't really want to be visited by. Actually, I heard a horror story up at the, this was back still in the day of mainframes when they had, you know, computers tied in. Some guy stayed logged in with his account and somebody else got onto the computer and said a, sent a death threat to the president. And so guy number one suddenly got a visit at three o'clock in the morning from the Secret Service wanting to know why he was threatening the president. Ouch. Yeah, wow. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I had a shell account with Frontier, um, which is our local phone company. And this was back in the 90s, and I had this shell account. And for a while, I left Frontier, and I went to the cable company for my Internet. And for months, months afterwards... I was able to still log into the shell account and I would log in there just to see if I could do it and I saw all the junk mail that that accumulated there and, and all the stuff and I thought you know this frontier you know these people don't know what they're doing because I had left them like six or eight or ten months before and this shell account was still sitting there. And uh, talk about companies that didn't follow security protocol. Um, anybody could have logged in there and, and started doing stuff. Not that I gave my password out. I didn't. But, uh, you know, you've got an empty account that nobody's checking or whatever. Uh, a dormant account. It would it, be pretty easy to get in there and... and uh, start doing stuff. 
Well, we couldn't even get our professors and, and graduate students to take the most elementary precaution, which is don't log in routinely with a privileged account or an administrative account. In fact, I don't, I don't log in with a non-privileged account, and I really should. I used to work for a defense contractor, and they were pretty careful, <clears throat> I have to say, about that. I know that when you left the company, they immediately would like disable the accounts and stuff that you had, but they would also make sure that like the whatever you had developed, um, you know, they had copies of it, but it wasn't accessible through your account stuff anymore. So, I mean, as far as like military people are concerned and stuff, I think it's pretty safe, but, you know, most people are really not aware of just how unsafe um, you can be with that stuff, and they don't really pay attention. And gosh, in colleges and stuff, everybody does, you know. It's like, who cares? And for the most part, that's probably a pretty easy place to break in. I think the problem is that most of us, including people like me, don't know enough to know what you should do and what you shouldn't do, really. And um, I think that that's absolutely true, that kids especially don't care and, you know, it never occurs to them that there might be a problem. And they, just for instance, you know, putting all the stuff that they do out on things like Facebook is just amazing to me that they're willing to expose their innermost thoughts and acts on, on a computer like that. Yeah, that just gets, that gets to me too. Um, because, you know, when, when I first got into this, you know, I was still a very active ham radio operator. And, of course, when you're a ham, you get the drill. And, you know, they say, well, don't ever say when you're home, when you're not home, don't ever give away your address, your telephone number, don't, you know, by all means, don't put your social security number out on the air, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we were really impressed with the fact that the, uh, the airwaves are not secure and the internet is not as well. So, you know, whenever you type any message, you know, don't, don't put down your, your, um, most private things. Don't use your social security number. Don't use your telephone number. You know, don't say when you're going to be out and when you're coming home. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And when you make passwords, make sure that they have at least one capital letter and are composed of numbers and uh, numbers and letters. So, I mean, these are basic things. Basic, basic stuff. And you're right. People don't people don't pay any attention. The two big things are don't use an administrative account for routine use. Only use it when you're installing software. And I hate to say it, but keep your patches up to date, even though that may cause some problems too. That's about all the average person can do. Um, you're really dependent upon what happens. So you know, I, th I think there were a bunch of web patches for Apache servers, which are the web, which is one of the main web server programs out there. And you have to rely on whoever's serving your 
web pages to put those patches in. But the, about the only two things an individual can do is don't use a, an administrative account and keep your software patched. Oh, and run antivirus software. And, you know, don't answer unsolicited emails or don't, you know, click on something that says click here to get this wonderful offer. I've often thought I'd like to take the, the spam people who keep sending me these messages to tell me my car warranty is out of date and would I please um, like to to uh, reinstate my car warranty at a 50% discount. I'd like to write these people back and, and you know, um, give them hell, but I don't because, you know, that just tells them that the number that they, the email account that they sent the email to is active and that somebody is actually paying attention to what they're doing. So you're right. <laughs> but, oh my God, I mean, you know, your car warranty is out of date. Uh, you know, and you want to just say, did you bother to do your research? Do you understand that I don't have a car? I mean, hello? I just wish I'd keep getting, um, well, I wish I wouldn't get any spam at all. But I guess the two that bug me are credit reports and um, somebody's decided I've changed genders because they keep sending me advertisements for bras. Well, don't don't forget that there are some males that wear women's underwear, so uh, you don't necessarily have to have a gender change. Uh, not speaking from personal experience, let's not start a bunch of rumors, people. I never would have thought of that. Now you've got me wondering. I'm not sure what about, but you've got me wondering. <laughs> well, they just want to make sure, uh, Marshall, that you keep abreast of all the news. You know, what can I say? Um, okay, uh, do we have any other comments on this book? Um because we've we've gone far afield here, I sort of, and so I'm I'm gonna kind of bring you back to to the book at hand. Um, so, does anybody have any comments? Any other comments on Mallory's Oracle? Yeah, I have a question. So, the the woman I can't remember her was her last name Candle. Maybe the the woman that was supposedly. Uh, that lived upstairs that was the, the 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 wife of the magician that had died earlier on that 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 was a real friend of Charles's family uh, they ended up kind of implicating her in his death I guess because she told the guy to break the glass when, when that that trick he was doing went awry and, and he got all cut to shreds and stuff and at, at the end they were going to just let her uh, have whatever befell her through the legal system, I guess, because she had shot, she had shot the killer. Is that right? She had, she had shot the killer, and 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 the circumstances looked kind of funny, I think. And she really didn't have a defense and stuff, and they were just gonna kind of throw her to the wolves, deservedly so, I think. But am I remembering all that right? Uh, she turned out to be a bad person, I guess. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. She shot the guy after he was down, unarmed, um, maybe even incapacitated. She shot him in the head, if I remember right. 
Yeah, I think that's what happened. I just got thrown out. I don't know if anybody else did, but I did come back. That's probably somebody hacking your computer. You better be careful. About that. <laughs> that's what I thought when I got thrown out. Somebody down the street from you is having trouble with their TV reception. Who knows? Okay, guys. Well, as far as I can tell, um, we've pretty much run the gam gamut on this book. Um, so, unless anybody has any other comments, our next book for May, according to what I wrote down from last time, is that we are doing Probable Cause by Ridley Pearson, and the DV number is 32682. That's what I have written down here. Does anybody dispute what I what uh, few notes I've written down? That sounds vaguely familiar. Can you remind me what it's about? I can't because um, <laughs> because I didn't suggest the book, so I don't remember what it was. But I wrote it down, and I have it written down here. So, who was it that suggested Probable Cause by Ridley Pearson? Probably me, because I like Ridley Pearson. Hang on, let me see what I can find about it. Give me a second. Hey, Ann, which Joanna Barnes book did you read? Was that the one on Bard, or is there one available from somewhere else? And if so, where? Yeah, uh, the Joanna Brady book? Yeah, I. Uh, that's the one that just came up on Bard like two weeks ago, or however long. I think it was about two weeks ago, uh, because I snapped that up immediately. And boy, was that good. Man, was that good. That was really, really good. Um, but then I like Joanna Brady anyhow. Um, and this was the latest in the series. And, and uh, But it was so good because it had, um, it had such interesting characters. It had the... Um, the old guy who was developmentally disabled and it had the, the the teenage kids and it had, you know, Joanna Brady and her family and, um, oh, it was just very, 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 very good. Um, but yeah, it's on Bard and I think it's called The Death of Innocence or something, but it has to do with innocence anyway, if that's not the exact title, but it's, um, Something about innocence, and it's a Joanna Joanna Brady book by J. A. Jance, J. A. N. C. E. Okay, probable cause. Here's the Bard annotation. I can't tell when the thing was written. I think it may be a little bit older than I originally thought, but it's it's uh, ten hours, fifty nine minutes long. It's read by George Patterson, and it's categorized as mystery and detective and bestsellers. And it says, for James DeWitt, it has been five months since he has killed a, a man his wife was killed and his daughter disabled for life having given up his job as a forensic investigator he now works as a detective in the town of Carmel Ooh, I like Carmel California uh, suddenly Carmel is hit with a series of apparent suicides 
and as DeWitt investigates he finds himself being dogged by the cop whom he blames for his wife's death. Strong language, bestseller. Okay, okay, sorry. Sorry to be so slow, but that's what it says. Do you have the book number, Alan or Ann? Oh, yeah, so it, it, it must be a little old. It's 32682, so yeah, judging by the way these numbers work, that's uh, that's got to be at least early 90s, I would think, but uh, three, three, 32682. Thank you, Alan. Sounds good. I think that's why we chose it. All right. Um, now, let's see. We've got... Uh, the 3rd, the 10th, the 17th, it must be the 24th, May 24th. Now, uh, that is Memorial Day weekend as far as I know. Is that going to cause a problem for anybody? Because um, we can switch it if we need to. I say let's let it ride since nobody's saying it's going to be a problem. All right. Well, that's kind of where my mind was going at, as well. All right, so we're meeting uh, on the 24th, and we're going to do Probable Cause by Ridley Pearson, and um, we'll see you at 5 o'clock on the May 24th. And if you find that you're in the middle of a, of a, uh, a barbecue or whatever, you know, just um, let us know and uh, come next time in June. Take care, all.